So Paul and Timothy and James and Peter and Jude all separately refer to themselves as the bondservant of Christ. I know that some of you will, will know what a bondservant is, but some of you don't, so let me explain what that is. Paul and Timothy, James, Peter, and Jude are the, are the apostles or church leaders that I could find that refer to themselves in this way. The bondservant of Christ is not an average everyday Christian. What are they referring to when they call themselves the bondservants of Christ? It's from Exodus 21, and this will be on the screen too, verses 2 and then 5 through 6. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he shall serve you six years, and in the seventh he shall go out free and pay nothing. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him before God, and he shall bring him to the doorpost, and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall live with him forever. So in Exodus 21, God gives this law. It's actually the very first law in the law after the Ten Commandments. This is the first thing God wanted to talk about after the Ten Commandments, which I think might be significant. I don't know. Uh, God says, if, if you buy a Hebrew slave, well, how in the world would one Hebrew, one Israelite, enslave another? There was two, two ways that a Hebrew man would end up a slave. If he owed somebody money that he could not repay, he had to become that man's slave for six years to pay off his debt. And, and he would labor for the person that he owed the debt to. And whether that full amount was paid off or not, God says six years and he's done. It's not lifetime ownership, not lifetime slavery. You can't buy and sell and trade people. But if somebody owes you money, they have to work it off. So he, he would do that. Or the poorest of the poor that had no way to earn money, they didn't, couldn't go out and fill out a job application at McDonald's and get a job. Uh, the poorest of the poor could sell themselves into servitude to a neighbor just to have a livelihood. They would not have been paid, but they would have had shelter and food and clothing as they worked on somebody else's farm or estate. So there are two ways that the poorest of the poor or the most indebted, the most vulnerable uh, people could earn a living or pay off their debts, and this is it. So when somebody's in need and there isn't anywhere else to go, they would have to enter into bondage, servitude, uh, slavery, to pay off their debt. But then God says, after six years, it's over. This is not buying and selling people. This is not uh, lifetime slavery, uh, ownership of people like chattel. But at six years, it's over. You can go free. But then God says, if the man says, my master's good to me, I love him. I, I have nowhere else to go. I don't want to go anywhere else. Then in the presence of God, most of the commentators say that, that prob probably what this means is take him to the tabernacle, the house of God. But it says take him before God and take him to the doorpost. And they would take his earlobe and stick it against the wood and drive a leather awl into it, which is a large needle for poking holes in leather. And they would pierce his ear and then voluntarily that man belonged to his master forever and he was called a bond servant or a bond slave not just an average slave or servant but a bond servant 
And what it doesn't say right here in the verse is that he would get an earring, a gold earring. So women wore jewelry all the time, but if you saw a man with a golden earring, especially if the rest of him looked pretty poor, uh, you knew that he was a bondservant because he had the golden earring in his ear. Wherever he went, you knew that he belonged to somebody voluntarily. He had given up his life to serve that master. Paul, Timothy, Peter, James, Jude say, I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Now that the debt is paid off, now that I am free to choose, now that I don't owe you anything, I choose you. To be a bondservant of Christ is not salvation. Jesus bought you and you owed him. You were in debt that you could not pay. And he saved you. And he owns you. But to be bondservant is a choice. Hello? Now that I'm not forced to be your slave, now that I am not indebted to you, I choose to serve you. Because where else would I want to go? It's love. It's freedom. It's relationship. It's in the presence of God. Pierce my ear. And I will receive your earring, which is a sign of ownership, but it's also, it's just beautiful the way God works it out. The master gave the poorest of the poor who had nowhere else to go. When you sign on with me, you get an inheritance. You get something of value that you could never afford on your own. I give you a gold earring. But we're talking the poorest of the poor who were so poor and had no other options that they had had to sell themselves into slavery after six years when they choose bond service, they get an inheritance. Part of their master's wealth. The other servants didn't get that. They got taken care of, but they didn't get the gold earring. And so in God's law, the master added beauty and value when somebody chose to be a bondservant. So I've already hinted where we're going here, but Jesus owns us. He purchased us. We, we, are, his, we are in his debt. We had a debt we could not pay, and he, he bought us. Acts 20, verse 28. The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Jesus purchased us. He owns us. Whether you like it or not, he paid for us. We, we belong to him. Next scripture is from Revelation chapter 5. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Whether you know it or not, you were the most helpless, the most poverty, the most poor, the most indebted. I mean you to God. There was absolutely nothing you could do about it, no way you could pay it, and Jesus bought you. We had sold ourselves into slavery to sin and death, but now Jesus owns us because he paid the debt we could not pay. He bought us. 1 Corinthians 7, 22 and 23 says, He who is called is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. 
Maybe you didn't know that, but you are a slave. You were a slave to sin and death. Now you're a slave to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6 says, You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. God owns us. We belong to him. Romans 14.8 says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Amen. That's some very matter-of-fact piece right there. It doesn't matter if I live or die. God owns me. He can do with my life what he wants. He's the master. Titus 2.14 says, He gave himself for us so that he might pay the price to free us from all evil and to make us pure people who belong only to him. So whose sin did Jesus pay the price for? Every single person that's ever lived. So as a matter of legal fact, Jesus owns every soul, which is why he's allowed to judge every soul. Hello? But then there are some of those people, more and more every day, who receive his payment, his blood. Hello? And he already purchased us. He already paid the price. But but then... When we say yes to Jesus, when we ask for forgiveness and make him our Lord, which means master, then we literally are becoming his servants, his slaves. Yes? But it's still just because we realize he paid my price. I owe a debt I cannot pay. I'm stuck in a trap I cannot get out of. I am damned if I don't get rescued. But... God says, after six years, you're free. I don't think that means six years of your Christian walk or six years after you were baptized or whatever like that. But Jesus did say, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Hello? Jesus called his apostles friends, but then they called themselves bondservants. Because a bondservant must be free before he can make the choice. You are not automatically a bondservant of Jesus if you are a Christian. Because receiving your salvation, the forgiveness and cleansing of your soul, is just Jesus bought you. That's just Jesus paying your debt. And I don't know if you... All have experienced it, but can you look back on the early days of your Christian life and see where God was directing things and orchestrating things and moving things, and then it seems like, what happened to that? And we can kick ourselves a lot for... um, I don't feel the way I feel, felt when I was first saved. Feelings come and go. I'm not talking about feelings at all. I'm talking about the leading of the Lord. Because in the early days, the first six years, and I don't mean a literal six years, but the first period of your walk with the Lord, He was your master. And He taught you, and He led you, and He directed, and He orchestrated, and He instructed, and He made things happen. But eventually you graduate. 
you go free. You've, you've been my slave. I no longer call you slaves. I call you friends. Now, I'm not going to direct things like a master with a slave. You can choose or not. You're free. Doesn't mean that he's left you or backed off or withdrawn in any way. It's just, I'm not treating you like a baby anymore. You're, that's another scriptural metaphor is that we start out babies and we grow from there. To be a bondservant is not an automatic thing. There are lots of Christians that are not bondservants. Because they don't realize Jesus' ultimate goal is to give you your freedom so that you can give it back to him <laughs> and get the earring. Come on. So you are his servant, whether you knew it or not, whether you like it or not. <laughs> he owns you. And, of course, those of us who are, we like it. But, but we have to choose of our own free will after a certain time of serving him, we have to choose to be a bondservant. If you will give your life to the master. First John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. This is a choice of love, not a choice of indebtedness. Your original salvation was a choice of indebtedness. I owe a debt I cannot pay and I need forgiven. I need, I need my debt erased. To be a bondservant is a choice of love. It has nothing to do with debt. The debt is now erased. And you're free. Hello? Jesus washes you clean. He pays for your soul with his own blood. He washes you clean. He teaches you how to do it right. And then he sets you free. What? There's no more generous man. There is no more kind man. But he's hoping that you will make the choice to be a bondservant. That we love him because he first loved us. How did he first love us? We love him because he first loved us. Matthew 10, 37 to 39. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake, he who loses his life for my sake, I don't want to go anywhere else. I give you my life. Take me to the doorpost and pierce my ear. You lose your life, you will find it. Next scripture also from Matthew chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus in both of those passages says, take up your cross. And Paul did that. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, Paul was not hanging on a cross physically. So we know he's not talking about that. My will, my goals, my soul, my life is forfeit. I was crucified. With Christ, And I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I 
have been crucified. Have you let him pierce you at the post? In the Old Testament, it was an ear. In the New Covenant, it's both hands and both feet. It's still a post. Bill Johnson had a dream or a vision once where Jesus appeared to him and he had a sword in his hand. And he said, Jesus put the tip of his sword right here. And he said, now come to me. Thank you. Jesus wants to pierce us for our own good and value and beauty. Have you let him pierce you at the post? 1 Corinthians 15. Why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Well, we know Paul's not talking physical death because that's not possible. He means I give up my life every morning when I get up. I kill what I want and what I think and what I feel and I only live for my master because I am a bondservant. And when those who choose to let the master pierce them at the post, when they choose that, you receive your earring. You know what the earring is? Here it is. Ephesians 1.14, the Spirit is God's guarantee that He has purchased us to be His own people. The Holy Spirit is the golden earring. God's guarantee, His down payment, His surety. Everybody that saw the slave walking around with a golden earring in knew that slave could not afford a gold earring. Somebody gave it to him as a sign of ownership, but it made him beautiful and valuable. Everybody who sees you ought to see and hear the Holy Spirit on your head. (laughs) Everywhere you go, he's on display, shiny and bright and golden and valuable. I belong to Jesus Christ, and he has put beauty and value on me. He's given me something I could never, ever have afforded myself. Not only did he pay my debt, he gave me riches. And the Spirit hangs right here and says, this is the way. Walk in it. There he is, right there. <laughs> Turn right, right here. Oh, no, no, go over here this way. Nope, don't, do, don't go there. Don't do that. You know that's trouble. Don't turn that computer on. Don't, no, don't, don't go there. Hello? Let's go over here. Let's go over here. Let's pray for this person. He's hanging on your ear. Hello? Next scripture. 2 Corinthians 1. God has anointed us. There's the Holy Spirit. He has anointed us. He put his mark or his seal on us and has given us his spirit in our hearts as a down payment of our inheritance. You have an invitation to wear God's earring. You have to let him pierce you. And God will never ever make it happen. He can't. He will not trespass your free will. You get to choose. But it is your honor that you have been invited to serve this master. You've been invited into the presence of God. You've been welcomed at the table of your heavenly father. You've been hired by Jesus to work in his fields. You have the privilege of living in the spirit of God and ministering to almighty God himself. You can walk with God. 
You can know Jesus Christ. You can be more than a slave. You can voluntarily give your life to be a bondservant. Jesus, when he said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends, he specifically said, because servants don't know the heart of the master, they just take instruction. Basic Christianity is just following instructions. But bond service is, I know my master. We're friends of love. Romans 6, 19 to 22. At one time, you surrendered yourself entirely as slaves to impurity for wicked purposes. In the same way, you must now surrender yourselves entirely as slaves of righteousness for holy purposes. When you were the slaves of sin, what did you gain from doing the things that you are now ashamed of? The result of those things is death. But now you have been set free from sin and are the slaves of God. So I thought about bringing an all and inviting you to come to the doorpost over here and I'd poke it through your ear, but I didn't think very many of you would go for that. So I was, I was thinking um, how we could do this. And uh, the modern equivalent of giving what we have or paying what we have is, is writing a check. So you all are getting a check here. So write your name and address in the upper left-hand corner like you would at a real check. You sang this morning, I surrender all. You sang, this life is forfeit to honor your name. I come to the cross and lay down. I give you this life. You sang, you won't relent until you have it all. So I'm not going to make you. God isn't going to make you. You don't have to fill this check out if you don't want. But I invite you to write a check this morning to Jesus for your life. You write him the entire thing. We can't go to the doorpost and have our ear pierced, but we can, we can write him a check. Put today's date on it. I invite you to give your life to your master right now to become a bond servant. It's a free choice that you make to give the one who purchased your soul anyway, but now he gives you your freedom, and then you choose whether you want to be a bond servant or not. It's the ultimate offering of love because in the state we are in, in the state of the Hebrew slave who had paid off his debt, but now he's free, he has nothing. What can he give? I give myself. I give you my self. That's all I have. That's all God wants. That's all Jesus needs. So in the amount box, we're going to write me. Jesus, the amount of this check is me. And on the line where you write it all out, my life, everything I have, everything I am. If you sign this, this is a real deal. I know that some of you have already totally surrendered, given yourself completely to Jesus. Whatever you say, Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you do with my life. I know this is old news to quite a few of you. Some of you, this may be a real serious thing. It may be a really fearful thing because it, it's real. And you're giving it all to Jesus right here if you sign this. If you sign it, you're telling Jesus, I will do whatever you command. I will go where you direct and I will stop when you say stop. 
I will cheerfully obey whatever you tell me to do. I will give up whatever you tell me to sacrifice. I won't do whatever you command me to not do, even if I want to do it. Hello? I'll give up my time and money and relationships to serve your kingdom purposes. I love you. I trust you. I want to work for you. I want to be with you. I love my master. He is good. I let you pierce me. I let you pierce me. Let's go into the presence of God and you can do it. I will love my parents regardless of how I'm treated. I will treat my kids right regardless of how they treat me. I will joyfully love my spouse regardless of how I'm treated. I will love my in-laws regardless of how they treat me. I will forgive what I don't want to forgive. I will obey, and not by force, but with love and joy. I leave the memo line blank for you to fill in. You may write whatever note you want to to Jesus. And if you want to sign it, you may sign it. I'll never look. I'll never ask. I would hope some of you will tell me if this is meaningful to you. I would like to know. But I'm not ever going to ask. You just slide this in your Bible. Keep it between you and God. Lord, we can only love you because you loved us first. We can only give you what you already own. There is nothing you do not own, including us. But then you are so crazy generous that you give us our freedom to choose you again. You purchased us. When we had a debt we could not pay, you paid it off. And then you set us free. You are the most beautiful, wonderful, astounding man ever. Where else would we go? We give you ourselves as your bondservants today. We will stand at the post and let you pierce us. Hang your spirit on us. Your beauty be seen in our lives. I bless everyone who signed their check or who will later. Lord, I ask for your grace and your peace. Thank you for your mercy. You are wonderful and beautiful. We love you. And we will serve you. Amen.